from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. When the coronavirus pandemic began, many marketers found themselves stuck in long-term plans that were difficult to adapt to the changing environment. But those marketers who had adopted an agile marketing mindset were able to quickly pivot their plans without major disruptions. I'm Jennifer Plager, Senior Editor with CUNA News. I recently spoke with Jim Ewell, the author of The Six Disciplines of Agile Marketing, Proven Practices for More Effective Marketing and Better Business Results. Ewell will speak at the CUNA Agile Marketing eSchool in February. He talked about what agile marketing is, the benefits it presents, how to switch to an agile mindset, and more. You're speaking at the CUNA Agile Marketing eSchool. What is agile marketing? So you hear that term talked about. So here's how I think about it. The analogy I use is that it's an operating system for marketing. Now, we don't think of marketing having an operating system, but we do, of course. We have kind of a traditional way that we operate marketing. For example, we write marketing plans. We run campaigns. We write creative briefs. We organize teams generally in terms of the skill set. So we have like a social media team, we have a demand generation team, we have a creative team, you know, a marketing strategy team, whatever the, the, the skill sets are, right? So a lot of that stuff isn't working today. Let's take, for example, the traditional marketing plan, right? So let's say you wrote a marketing plan at the beginning of 2020, okay? And, you know, February comes around and COVID hits and whoa, everything is up in the air, right? So what we do in agile marketing instead, and this is the first principle of agile marketing, is we value responding to change over following a plan, okay? So what does that really mean in practical terms? One, it means that we don't write big marketing plans, okay? We write one or two page plans. I call them napkin plans, okay? They're revised frequently. They are tested against the market frequently. We get a lot of feedback on them, okay? And they constantly evolve and they constantly change, right? I interviewed a client in February, maybe March of 2020, who I had trained at Agile Marketing about a year and a half before that. And he said to me, literally, it probably saved their company because 50% of their revenue dropped like that, okay? Because they much of the revenue came from the travel industry. And of course, travel ground to a halt, right? So they had to kind of reinvent themselves. They actually had to start offering new products and new ways of reaching people and all that sort of stuff. And that's what they did uh, through Agile. The other thing that it helped them with is that normally they would buy a year's worth of advertising placements in advance, okay? And they'd do that at the beginning of the year. Well, if they'd done that, they would have owed all that money and had all those placements And they moved to a schedule where they were buying stuff on a monthly basis, and they were much less exposed to this kind of downturn. So Agile marketing takes its inspiration from Agile software development. So today, most software is developed using Agile techniques. Over 90% of companies, I think it's up to 95% of companies, practice Agile software development. It replaced a model called the waterfall model, okay? And what we're looking to do is to take some of the things that they've learned and apply them to marketing. We have four principles. You know, the ones that I mentioned already was responding to change over following a plan. A second one is rapid iterations over big bang campaigns. Instead of, 
you know, having a meeting to plan out a big strategy and then writing a creative brief and sending it to an agency and them getting back to us. And we go back and forth six times and we get, a, you know, we get some kind of campaign and then we run that for six months and we spend a lot of money. And then we declare victory because God forbid it didn't work. We never, you know, admit to that, right? So what we do instead in Agile is that we have a little plan. We say, what's the smallest thing that we could do to test out whether that's going to work or not? We run that. And if it fails, big deal. We didn't spend a lot of money, you know, or a lot of time. And if it worked, great, let's optimize it, okay? And once it's optimized, then and only then do we start spending big bucks on, on rolling it out because we know at that point that it worked, right? Validated learning over opinions and conventions is the third principle. And that's really about data and analytics. It's about no longer making decisions according to what I call the hippo method, right? The highest paid person in the room, <laughs> you know, their opinion. We do it based on data and analytics, right? And the other thing about that is that we don't make assumptions about customers. We validate our assumptions and we validate how customers are doing today because tomorrow they might be different, right? Or yesterday they might've been different. And then the last uh, principle is customer-focused collaboration over silos and hierarchy. And what I really mean by that is how we organize teams, okay? So one of, I think, the superpowers of Agile is this thing called cross-functional teams, okay? So instead of organizing teams around skill set, we organize teams around either a customer, part of the customer journey, or a problem that the customer is trying to solve, or maybe a business initiative that relates to a customer problem. And then we bring in the skill sets in order to solve that problem, and we do it on a semi-permanent basis. So what happens in most organizations is that they will do these teams to solve these problems, but they'll bring somebody in, and that will be a project for them, and they'll be signed to three, six, nine, 12 projects, okay? And how do they prioritize their time? You know, it's really impossible. And they end up going to all these status meetings and it's very inefficient, okay? So instead, we assign most of the people on the team are dedicated to the team. Occasionally, you might have somebody like, you don't have a dedicated videographer to do videos probably on most teams. You don't have a dedicated lawyer to check the legal language. But you might have a dedicated creative person. So instead of competing with everybody else who's trying to get through creative, you have a dedicated creative person who's generating the creative to solve this problem, okay? The benefits of agile marketing, so there's kind of three parts, okay, to my definition. I talked about how it's related to agile software development, then the principles. So the last part is the benefits, okay? Why do this? Because it requires change and change is hard. One is that it makes teams improve their productivity, okay? And I don't mean they produce more marketing materials, right? last thing the world needs is more emails going out from marketers, for, for God's sake, okay? What I mean is their productivity around outcomes, okay? Business outcomes. So more leads, more new customers, more revenue, more profitability, those kinds of things, right? So it's productivity and effectiveness, those two combined. One of the benefits that we see is transparency, because one of the things that I start teams off with when I train them in agile marketing is go out there and get alignment with senior management, the sales team, the product team, and be very transparent about what you're doing and why, and just increase that transparency with them because it builds trust to do that. And it helps marketing become more business focused. One of the real challenges in marketing right now is that 
most people outside of marketing don't perceive marketing as very business focused. You know, CEOs say marketing doesn't speak my language, right? That sort of thing. So we want to increase that transparency. And then the last benefit is adaptability to change. You know, being able to handle things like COVID being thrown at you or a new competitor coming into the market, or even your CEO woke up this morning and said, hey, we're going to take a different strategy, right? And those kind of things happen. And so that's what agile marketing is all about. Is this a fairly new way of looking at marketing? I started doing this in 2010. And I was aware of agile software development. We'd use that in, in a startup that I ran with some success. And I read an article by a guy named Scott Brinker, a blog post really, called Some Thoughts About Applying Agile to Marketing. Okay. And he started saying, how would we adapt the Agile software manifesto to marketing? And I thought that was fascinating. So I reached out to Scott. I reached out to a bunch of other people. I organized, co-organized with another guy, the first meeting of Agile marketers. And that took place in 2013, I believe. And we issued the Agile Marketing Manifesto. And it's sort of been building up since then. The latest survey, which was done at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So it's about a year old and the new survey should be out soon. It's, it's just finishing up now says that about 40, 41% of marketers today practice agile marketing to some degree. I think there's room for them to practice it in more depth with more rigor and all that sort of stuff. But to some degree, 41% say that they are. And another 40% of the remainder, so if this happens, we'll get up to 60%, say that they plan to practice it in the next year. So we'll see what the new data says. But it's a real thing. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not, I mean, it's, it's lasted a while and it really is starting to get momentum and, and starting to get to a point where a majority of marketers are starting to practice it. For a credit union marketing department that's listening to this and thinks it sounds interesting, where do they start? One of the things that I tell people to do is to implement agile in an agile fashion. In other words, don't do it as a big campaign. You know, don't, throw it out, everything out, and try to change everything at once, okay, that just doesn't work. Do it gradually. Do a little experiment. One of the teams that I trained, they formed a small cross-functional team for two weeks, I think five or six people. That's not a huge commitment. The company was Best Buy. It's actually Best Buy Canada, a pretty good-sized company, right? So they committed for two weeks, and they worked on something that had a lot of visibility and that if they were successful, people were going to pay attention. It's important to choose the right project to begin with. So they committed for two weeks. They had people dedicated for that. It was like they took a two-week vacation from their other jobs. You know, They just worked on this. And it was tremendously successful, right? And so they renewed that team. And then they gradually added a second team and then a third team and so forth. But you know, it's a couple of years later now. And um, I think the majority of what they do now, they would say is agile, but they'd also say they have a lot to learn and a lot more to do. So implement agile in an agile fashion. Now, how do you do it? I wrote a book about that. Okay. I wrote a book called The Six Disciplines of Agile Marketing. And it isn't a theory. Okay. And I don't like to call it a framework. It really is the basis of 10 years of experience helping over 65 organizations make the transition to agile marketing, right? So it's based on my practical experience. And it started out 
with just one discipline, okay? I started out thinking agile marketing was all about process. It was all about applying the methodologies and the techniques that the software developers had used, things called Scrum and Kanban and Scrumbon. How do you translate those things which were designed for software development into marketing? So that's where I started my thinking about agile marketing. That was the first thing. And when I went to teach people, that's all I taught them. And I realized that that wasn't enough. And I realized that some teams, agile marketing wasn't taking because, and this gets to the first discipline, they weren't aligned. They weren't aligned on number one, why are they implementing agile marketing? Implementing agile marketing requires change. And change is hard for all organizations. If you don't know why you're changing and you don't have everybody on board as to the reasons that you want to change, and by the way, also what you want to keep from what you do now, because there's surely things about what you do now that you like, so make sure you keep those. So getting that alignment on why you're doing it, that's the first discipline. And it's alignment on why you're doing agile marketing. It's alignment with the business side. So go meet with the executives, go meet with the sales team, the product team, all this sort of stuff, that part of alignment. And then third piece of alignment is alignment on the customer. Like get everybody on the same page about who are our customers? What are they buying from us? What's our value proposition to them? What channels do we use to reach them? I've got a canvas for figuring out all that stuff. So get alignment on that stuff. The second discipline is structure. How do you structure a team? Do you continue to structure it in the skill set silos? Do you use these cross-functional teams? Do you go all at once to cross-functional teams? Short answer to that is no. If you're going to organize cross-functional teams, do you do it around a business? Do you do it around a customer need? The answer is any of those can work. So that's the second discipline. And that's what I talk about in the book, that discipline. The fourth discipline is what I call validated learning. So one of the things that I hope every team that adopts Agile marketing will do is to increase what I call their marketing metabolism. What I mean by that is the pace at which they learn and execute about customers. And the way you do that is you have to build a testing and acting on those tests infrastructure and gradually increase that. I tell about an example in the book where at Twitter, In 2010, a guy named Satya Patel came in, and one of the things that he asked the team was, how many tests do you run a week testing things about the customers, testing new things that you're trying, testing, you know, what's working, all that sort of stuff. They said, well, we run one test at a time, and we usually run one or two tests a month. So at best, they were doing one test every two weeks, so like half a test a week, right? So he said to them, and this is important the way he said it, he said, I want you to run two tests a week. Okay, I want you to average two tests a week. He didn't say, I want you to test more, because if he'd asked them to test more, they might have run one test a week or not even that and thought, oh, we're done. So he said two tests a week. So they had to figure out how to build an infrastructure, allow them to do that. Once they got that done, he moved them up to five tests a week, and then he moved them up to 10 tests a week. So When you look at him doing that and you look at the business outcomes, the slope of acquisition of what they call engaged users, it was growing, but it went from slow growth to high growth. It increased almost 300%. 
their acquisition of engaged users, which was their most important metric. So that business of what I call validated learning, learning faster, increasing your marketing metabolism, and executing faster, that's the fourth discipline. The fifth discipline is adapting to change. We talked about that. How do you handle things like COVID? I have a bunch of different methods that I've used over time, both from my experience and from other people's experience. And then the sixth discipline, and I almost didn't include this one, but I felt strongly that marketing is changing. So the sixth discipline is called creating remarkable customer experiences. What I would say is that customers are no longer buying products. They're buying experiences. If you're a credit union, the experience that someone has opening an account with you, doing their day-to-day banking with you, doing you know mortgages or whatever stuff that isn't day-to-day with you, all that sort of stuff, that is your brand. Your brand isn't your colors. Your brand isn't your tagline. Your brand is the experience that the customer has with you. And marketing, they think they're the stewards of the brand, and they are, but they need to become the stewards of the customer experience. Because if they don't do it, and they don't get engaged with the other departments to make sure that the customers are having a good experience or having the experience that they want them to have, they won't have a brand or they'll have a brand that they don't like. So that sixth discipline is all about marketing getting outside of their comfort zone and working with other departments to making sure that every part of the customer experience is what they want to have to support their brand and to support their business. So it really sounds like what the customer sees in terms of marketing materials isn't really changing. It's more the way that the marketers are doing their work. I talk about an example in the book, and I can't name the organization, but I happen to know that it's a credit union. It's a very large credit (laughs) union, okay? And they did this thing where they started working with an organization to personalize their marketing messages and their emails. And they went from 17 emails a month to two emails a month to their customers. But as a result of those two emails, the click-through rate, the engagement, the customers actually read the emails and did something increased. It was something like 250% or it was was a huge increase, okay? Look, it's not about the volume of uh, how many marketing messages get out there. Agile marketing is not about let's move faster to get more stuff out there. Agile marketing, in addition to being a process and all the other stuff that I mentioned, is also a mentality. It's a mindset. And you have to make shifts in your mindset. So one of the shifts is a shift from a focus on outputs, more emails, more marketing stuff, to a focus on outcomes. I don't care if you only generate two emails a month. If you have better outcomes in terms of engagement with customers, that's a good thing. So focus on the outcomes, not the outputs, right? The other shifts, by the way, are things like a shift from a focus on campaigns to a focus on continuous improvement. So This kind of turns a lot of marketing on its head because every marketer thinks in terms of campaigns. Well, I say, no, stop thinking in terms of campaigns. Start thinking in terms of continuous improvement. Get something out there, see if it works. If it works, great, optimize it. If it doesn't work, find something that does and continuously improve these things. Even if you have something that's working, you can always find ways to optimize it. 
And you can always find new ways to do things because what's working today might not work tomorrow. So shift your mindset from campaigns to continuous improvement. The third shift is a shift from an internal focus to a customer focus. And everyone says they're customer focused, but we have to move beyond happy talk. You know, we have to move to where we really are customer focused. And I talk about what that really means and some ways to implement that. And then the fourth shift is a shift from top down to decentralized decision making. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.